Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. There were a lot of rumors this time yesterday about who Georgia might be playing in the kind of new look SEC in 2024. And by the time the day concluded, most of those rumors were confirmed. The road game at Texas that we started yesterday's show by talking about, late in our broadcast, the idea of also playing in Alabama, all of that now official as the opponent's for the entire SEC for 2024 in the first year of both Texas and Oklahoma being in this league and in the first year of the abolition of divisions no more SEC East SEC West we got all that last night I had a good time being on video with my colleagues Connor Riley and Mike Griffith as we talked all about that and now there is more room to talk about that here for a moment including the reaction that seems to be bubbling up about the Georgia schedule which I'll give you a little bit of a hint. I think some of this is probably overstated. Let's start with the facts, and we'll kind of roll our way into the opinions after that. Let me show you this on the screen as a way of sort of helping me kind of work through all of this. So here is the official Georgia account, their schedule edit here for what it's going to look like next year. We don't know dates on these SEC games, but we do know the opponents Georgia is going to play. It's going to host Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee it's going to take a trip to Alabama Kentucky Ole Miss and Texas and it's going to keep obviously the neutral side game against the Florida Gators so let me do this here for a moment one of the things you've heard some Georgia fans say is well why is Georgia going to Alabama why is Georgia doing that given the fact that Georgia also traveled to Alabama in 2020 and while we try to be the voice of the fan and reflect fan opinion around here and at least reflect the conversation that Georgia fans are having The Georgia fans who are upset about this, I can't quite join you and match your ire on all of that for a couple of reasons here. First of all, when when Georgia traveled to Alabama in 2020, that's a pandemic. It's sort of the one-off schedule, kind of like this is. That was also several years ago now. It was not a full stadium, not a good day for Georgia, of course, but you know, there really was no home field advantage, I would say, for Alabama that particular day. This was just the weirdness of uh, 2020. So the idea that several years later, somehow the SEC is prohibited from sending Georgia back to Alabama again, I'd say I don't quite that doesn't seem to bother me quite as bad as it sort of seems to bother some other people the one schedule thing that I have probably the greatest complaint about is the fact that if you look at those home games again hosting Tennessee hosting Auburn hosting Mississippi State you know for all the talk about the SEC supposed to be now oh this is a new look SEC it's unlike anything we've ever seen before you're bringing in Texas and Oklahoma you're doing away with the divisions the Georgia schedule is going to be wildly different than anything we've ever seen in the past and yet at least it's reflected by who Georgia will host in 2024 it's pretty much the same as it's always been so for the Georgia fans who are like eh for all the excitement and all the buzz the The home schedule is the same as it has been being. And that home schedule, for the most part, for Georgia fans, has been kind of a little bit, you know, underwhelming now for a while. Now, the caveat to that is, well, last year's Georgia-Tennessee game turned out to be probably the biggest home game in the history of the stadium. And the previous year in 2021, uh, college game day from ESPN actually showed up into Athens two home games in a row. So sometimes home games have a way of sort of ending up feeling bigger in real life than they sort of look on paper right now. But the initial immediate response is, for all the buzz about the new look SEC, this is sort of the same old, same old for Georgia when it comes to playing its home slate. I do kind of agree with that. I am sort of 
you know bothered by that or at least i'm a little bit disappointed in comparison to what the home schedule could have possibly been talked to some georgia fans a moment ago who were you know we have a thing we call first and 15 it's a video conversation that we have on dognation.com the dog nation app uh that takes place prior to the show beginning at 10 a.m and what one georgia fan said was i can't believe that georgia has to go to texas and to alabama in the same season and i think the point i would make in response to that is hey you got to get used to this sort of going forward here that the sec schedules are just going to be a little bit tougher you have added oklahoma you have added texas into the league you are going to rotate play teams like this more frequently multiple tough road games this isn't a unique one-off for georgia in 2024 this is going to be commonplace for every sec team over the course of the future the league schedules is going to be very tough whether they stick at eight over the course of the long haul whether they move on to the nine game schedule eventually which we sort of believe they will one way or another you're just gonna have to get used to playing a tougher schedule than maybe you've seen in the past and you're gonna have to get used to playing tough road games multiple tough road games in a given year that's just sort of going to be a a thing so texas and alabama on the road in the same season this is just sort of par for the course moving forward now i want to let you hear some audio about this topic coming up in a moment but let me give you a couple of other quick thoughts here before we get there interesting to see kentucky on this 2024 schedule for georgia because the buzz has been for a few months now that if the sec does expand to the nine game conference schedule you'll have three permanent opponents we know that florida and auburn will be two of georgia's permanents and there's been some chatter out there that kentucky would be the third so kentucky being on this schedule i think preserves for the sec the chance to keep it's it's three permanent opponents for each team and the current home away rotation in place to sort of move forward and do that in 2025 if it wants to so that's kind of the story there on that i'll also say here really quickly while as a person who cares about the competitive edge for georgia on the field you may look at the road slate for georgia in 2024 and say wow that looks a little tough looks a little tricky especially given the fact that you also begin the season with a neutral site game against clemson but if you're a Georgia fan who enjoys traveling and going to a lot of these games, you know, the 2024 schedule in a lot of ways is kind of a dream for you because you've got Clemson and Atlanta begin the year. At some point in time, you'll go to Austin. That's sort of a bucket list experience. A lot of Georgia fans have sort of wanted to do for a long time. Finally, you get to Georgia, Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Even if you're a little bit angry about the fact the game's in Tuscaloosa, the truth is that'll be a great atmosphere we would certainly expect. And the kind of thing that's you know the sort of big college football game that Georgia fans live for and then you, you've already mentioned a handful of games you haven't even gotten to going to Ole Miss yet and for most Georgia fans by the way they haven't been there in Oxford since 2016 but for a lot of Georgia fans who like to travel that Grove the great tailgating scene around the Ole Miss campus around Vaught-Hemingway Stadium is one of the most sort of beloved environments for all of college football and the kind of thing that most Georgia fans say they want to do if they've never done it before or they want to do it again if they haven't been able to do it in a while and that's sort of on your schedule there too so that's kind of fun now the flip side of that is as we talked about yesterday the average distance you're traveling for georgia road games in the future that's just likely to go up you're not going to be going to tennessee and south carolina every other year which means those short relatively short three-hour trips are now going to be traded to go to Ole Miss which is almost in Memphis which is a good little ways away here obviously Austin's way out west you know uh Tuscaloosa is pretty close here but but the point is in most situations you're going to be traveling farther per game on your road trips than Georgia has there in the past you just sort of got to get used to that but sort of moving past all that for a moment and kind of looking at sort of the nuts and bolts of all this was Georgia treated fairly by the SEC 
was the hand of cards Georgia was dealt, was that a fair hand? Well, one of the persons sort of stepping up right now to say, hey, boy, I thought Georgia got, got treated pretty toughly here. I thought Georgia was sort of given a tough schedule was the ESPN analyst Greg McElroy, who was on the SEC network last night. And when he was asked, hey, give us your early thoughts on the schedule, the toughness of the Georgia schedule was one of the things that McElroy kind of noticed right away. This is what McElroy said about that Georgia schedule last night on the SEC network. Take a listen to Greg McElroy here. Man, I'll tell you what, I, I think Georgia's schedule is absolutely brutal. You get five games away from home similar to Oklahoma, but when you look at what they have, if you, and granted, look, this is two years from now, so take it with a slight grain of salt. Their games played outside of Athens in 2022, they went a combined 40 and 25. That includes an 11 and 2 Alabama, 8 and 5 Texas, 8 and 5 Ole Miss, 7 and 6 Kentucky, and then Florida being the one team that they play away from Athens that went under 500. And we all know what that rivalry is like and what might be here two years from now as Billy Napier continues to hopefully get the Florida Gators back on track. I think this schedule is brutal. Dari, especially given what should be a relatively manageable 2023 campaign for the Dogs. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, McElroy kind of pointing out what a lot of folks pointed out, that Georgia seems to get a little bit of a schedule break here this year. But the thing that we say with the 2023 schedule all the time is, hey, part of the reason why it seems like Georgia plays an easy schedule in 2023 is because when you are as good as Georgia, they're all easy games. Georgia just won the national championship game 65 to 7. When you don't even have the national runner up capable of keeping within 60 points of Georgia, that means pretty much everybody that Georgia plays is going to be an easy game. And so from that standpoint, I have a hard time joining anybody, whether it be Greg McElroy or Georgia fan or somebody else, to say, oh my gosh, the Georgia schedule for 2024 is brutal. Frankly, I'm not sure it's possible for Georgia to play a brutal schedule. If you want to go back and look at the 2022 season for a moment. I think most odds makers will tell you that in the entire country, there were only two teams for sure that would have been less than a double-digit underdog against Georgia, and there might have been a third. Late in the season, there were some people I think they would have said that Florida State may have been inside of a 10-point uh, underdog against Georgia. They may have been able to keep it to single digits. But pretty much everybody else would have been double-digit uh, underdog to Georgia. Alabama and Ohio State would have been the two teams that would have been you know, only narrow underdogs. Florida State, by the end of the year, may have been the next team kind of in line there. But everybody else in the country, Georgia would have been a huge favorite against virtually everybody in the entire country. So from that standpoint, if that's true in 2022, how different does that feel like it's going to be in 2023? I would suggest maybe not quite so different. And looking at a 2024, once again, you know, I think by the time we actually get there, what seems like, oh my gosh, this is a brutal schedule. Oh my gosh, the SEC dealt uh, Georgia tough hand here. By the time we get there, I think it's actually going to feel a little bit more like a normal schedule where, you know, Georgia will be a slight favor in Alabama there'll be a slight favorite at Texas we'll see how good Clemson is maybe they're a slight favorite there those will all be games which Georgia's only a single digit favorite uh but everybody else of the of the other nine games in the regular season Georgia's gonna be a double digit favorite in all these games on the road at Ole Miss I have fairly confident saying that Tennessee coming here Auburn coming here you know for everything you want to say about the brutal Georgia schedule all the SEC schedules are about to get a little tougher because you're adding two more teams in the league. Anybody who's played in the SEC East is also due to get a schedule upgrade because you won't be playing the entirety of the SEC East anymore. 
But beyond that, given the gap that exists between Georgia and the rest of college football, I'm not sure you can give Georgia a brutal schedule just given the measurable difference that exists between Georgia and most teams. So it seems very interesting right now, adding Texas here, adding the road game against Alabama, something we haven't you know seen here in just a little while. But keep in mind, the gap that exists between Georgia right now and the rest of college football, that's not likely to change all that much between now and the start of the 2024 season, no matter what the results are here in 2023. So I think the Georgia schedule in 2024 is interesting. I think it's fun. I think these road trips will create a lot of excitement for Georgia fans. But ultimately, I see Georgia doing in 2024 much of what I expect to do in 2023, which is pretty much dominate everybody that it plays. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and happy to have you with us. No matter how you join us today, whether you join us 945, first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app, or across all video platforms at 10 a.m., including Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch, whichever one of those you use, we're just glad you use it. Or you listen to us on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960, the rep podcast, apple spotify we post the show at the worldfamousdognation.com however you join us we're just really glad that you do that and really happy to have you as a part of the program here today and a big thanks as well to our friends at merriweather and tharp who make all of this possible and yes listen i get it we talk about traveling to austin texas that's a fun conversation going and hanging out in the grove there in old miss in oxford mississippi that's a fun conversation putting the final nail in the Nick Saban career there in Tuscaloosa, letting it be known that once and for all he's done and washed up as Georgia might get a chance to do in 2024. That's all, assuming Nick Saban's even still around to coach that game. Uh, that's also really fun there as well. There are fun conversations we're able to have on this program each and every day. Divorce is not one of those conversations. That is not a fun conversation. But here's the thing. While we enjoy things like college football and spending time with our family and friends and kind of enjoying this great pastime that's so special to us, while that's happening, concurrent to that, we also have to confront reality in some respects in our life. And for some of you, as much as it pains me to admit, and as much as some of you have probably tried to avoid this as a reality, the truth is some realities just have to be confronted. And the reality is you may be a part of a relationship that is just on its way to being severed, that it is just reaching its end point. And you've tried to do everything you can to salvage it, and there is just no salvation to be had. This relationship is just over. And if that's the situation you find yourself in, then the next step is to educate yourself about the divorce process. What would that mean for you specifically? Because, you know, every situation sort of situation specific in terms of the circumstances involved there. And you've got situations, you know, things in your life that make your situation unique to you there, too, whether it be your you know, financial situation or your relationship with your children or whatever you got going on there, there are things that are special about your situation. So what's important here is to talk to Meriwether and Tharp, sit down with one of their attorneys, have that free initial consultation. And sometimes it's just sort of nice to tell your story. Here's what happened. Here's what's going on. What do you think I should do about this? And our friends at Meriwether and Tharp who've been through this thousands and thousands of times before, this may be your first time, but for them, leaning on the experience that the entire organization has, they've got all kinds of institutional expertise. They want to lend to you to say, this is an appropriate next step. And that next step for you might be to hire Meriwether and Tharp to handle your divorce proceeding. And if it is, then you set yourself up, I believe, for a successful next season of your life. That's what our friends at Meriwether and Tharp are all about. Getting the most of the time you have, making the most out of the opportunity 
that's in front of you. And for you, that may be on the other side of a marriage that's coming to an end. So please find my friends online. It's the Atlanta divorce team.com. That's the Atlanta divorce team.com. Meriwether and Tharp is your source for Georgia divorce, Bob and Ashley Tharp. I'm sure they'll be traveling a lot of these games here in 2024. They love doing all that. They are good dog people, but also very generous when it comes to really serving you and what might turn out to be one of your, you know, greatest times of need our friends at Meriwether and Tharp want to help you out with all of that all right busy show for us before we're done it's the former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm it's a Kroger fresh take with Jake now I'll tell you I recorded this with Jake yesterday and at the time we didn't know for sure that George was playing at Texas or playing at Alabama but we had a little bit of an idea that was going to be the case and so we'll kind of talk about some of the schedule stuff with Jake there on that and also the large number of Georgia fans this should probably be anticipated to travel to a lot of these games so we will do some of that with jake here in just a little bit terrence edwards is going to stop by in a couple of minutes today too i really enjoy our conversation each week with terrence we'll do that again here in just a minute also a big update on what is really kind of final days here to get involved in our celebrate american heroes event courtesy of traeger grills and kroger we'll give you that in a minute or two there as well but before any of that how about we go around the doghouse here today and our buddy jeff Sintel, way out west right now in california for the elite 11 finals that's ongoing look forward to hearing a lot from jeff here about how georgia quarterback commit dylan riola and georgia quarterback commit ryan puglisi are performing out there and i know jeff's gonna have some great stuff on that including interviews with both guys here coming up on dognation.com and the dog nation video channel so that's going to be a lot of fun but i'm happy to report there's a good bit of buzz coming out of California about Dylan Raiola in particular right now. So I want to make you aware of this because, listen, I think if you're a Georgia fan, this just sort of feels good to hear. Uh, let me show you, first of all, uh, 24-7 sports. You know, they kind of you know, sort of rank the performers here. The Elite 11 finals is one of those sort of camp competition type things. You're looking to see how guys throw. You're looking to sort of see all of that. And yesterday, Raiola got named as the alpha dog for day one of the Elite 11 finals. Let me show you this from 24-7 sports on the screen uh 24 7 saying george commit dylan riola lives up to the number one overall billing wednesday at the elite 11 finals one of the things our buddy bud elliott said on twitter also out there in california is is that he thought that this is sort of it's sometimes a phrase here with baseball the idea that riola threw easy gas in other words that he was able to deliver the football with a lot of velocity very easily seemingly effortless in that release whereas as uh elliott said a lot of the other guys who were throwing it sort of looked like they were having to try to step on the uh, pedal a little bit to kind of match the velocity that riola was throwing with uh seemingly with ease and so that's one of the things that kind of gets riola the alpha dog nod yesterday completely different reporter from a completely different outlet had a similar viewpoint on all this bruce feldman is not really a recruiting guy but he was out there yesterday says fun opening night at the elite 11 feldman of course works for the athletic he says i was impressed with a bunch of quarterbacks but especially uga quarterback commit dylan riola he says second time i've watched him in person backed up the hype both times so i'm going to tell you here there are a lot of there's different stripes of georgia fans when it comes to how well they follow recruiting or how much they how they observe the recruiting process there are a lot of georgia fans who are very deeply entrenched in all this they know all about the elite 11 they know all about this but there's another pocket of georgia fans they're just a little bit more casually involved in the recruiting process and at times they're kind of turned off by some of this when you hear all the hype about a dylan riola is this real is he the next big thing or is he going to be like so and so that kind of wasn't or so and so that kind of wasn't 
there's a little bit of skepticism, even for Georgia fans who kind of want it to be true about Dylan Raiola. There's always going to be a little bit of skepticism about, well, is what I'm being told about Dylan true, or is this just a bunch of people trying to hype up their website by talking about a quarterback who's going to be the next big thing? It is interesting to note here that two different guys, and I could have shared more, but I'm just going to uh, pick out two things, 24-7 Sports and uh, Bruce Feldman, different reporters, different outlets, different agendas maybe even, but both kind of arriving at the same point. Watching Dylan Raiola in person, he looks like the alpha dog, he lives up to his billing as number one overall recruit, and as Feldman says, lives up to the hype both times. I think that's a nice thing to hear if you're a Georgia fan. I also liked you know different outlet here completely, but our uh, Dennis Dodd over at CBSSports.com also recently had a story about Raiola there as well, spending some time with Dominic Raiola, Dylan's father, and looking at the process by which Raiola came to want to commit to Georgia. It's actually a pretty detailed story, kind of interesting about all the visits they took, and some of this was probably even kind of flying under the radar, but now told from the perspective of Dominic Raiola. And one of the things that you see is is that the Raiola family, according to Dennis Dodd, had gotten very close with the Manning family, just you know, similar quarterbacks, number one guys from the 2023 class, now the 2024 class, but also similar approaches to all this. And Dominic Raiola told Dennis Dodd this there as well, that you know the Manning family, they're not all about the NIL. They're about the football part of this. And the Raiola family says, that's what we want to be there too. We're trying to choose the right school for us, trying to be a part of something bigger. You know, Dominic telling Dennis Dodd that, you know, you see Stetson Bennett win two championships. And, you know, if you're Dylan Raiola, you think I can be plugged into this system too and I can kind of thrive much the same way. So if you're a Georgia fan, you're not quite so sure how to feel about the next big thing at quarterback like Dylan Raiola, especially given the fact that Georgia's pretty deep at the quarterback position overall. I think the point here is there's a lot to feel good about. People who are seeing him perform there in California right now say, yeah, this is the alpha dog. This is the guy that looks like the number one overall recruit. And what Riola's family is telling reporters, nationally known names like Dennis Dye, they seemingly are coming to Georgia for the right reason. So I've seen nothing yet that has made me feel any less excited about Dylan Riola's eventual arrival at Georgia than I've been feeling now for the last several months. It sounds like Georgia's got itself a good one in Raiola, and it also sounds like Ryan Puglisi, the other Georgia quarterback commit, is performing pretty well out in California at the Elite 11 Finals himself. Good time to be a Georgia fan, already pretty deep at the quarterback position, and two pretty impressive guys on their way for the future there as well. And that is Around the Doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Terrence Edwards in a moment, but for that, quickly as a reminder, ongoing at dognation.com your chance to get in on a great promotion contest giveaway we're doing here this summer we call it celebrate american heroes and it's courtesy of our friends at traeger grills and kroger now everybody's got like people in your life whether it be someone from your family in the past maybe that's an armed service veteran or someone who made a great sacrifice for our country but maybe it's also just someone in your community like a great teacher or a great you know community leader of some kind fireman police officer whatever else you've got stories in your life of people that have impacted you or impacted your family or impacted people around you in your community those folks who go above and beyond make life better for all of us those are the kinds of american heroes we want to celebrate as we head towards the fourth of july here and our friends at traeger grills and kroger are going to give us a chance to do that because by telling one of their stories you can be a winner You've got someone who uh, has meant something to you in the past. Simply telling a great story right now, going to dognation.com, uploading a photo or uploading a short video, that can make you a winner. And you're going to walk away with an amazing collection of prizes. I'm talking about a Traeger 
Ironwood XL Grill. That's valued at $2,000. A Kroger $500 gift card to have some food to put on the grill. What a great way to enjoy the summer grilling season we're in right now. Traeger Grills and Kroger, great chance to do that. And to be a winner, all you have to do is go to dognation.com, tell a brief story about why somebody that you know was an American hero in your life or in the community that you live in. That photo, that short video that you upload could make you a winner courtesy of Traeger Grills and Kroger. Here's the thing to know, though. You've only got between now and June 17th to get involved on this. So a couple of days left to do this, so don't delay. Go to dognation.com, read all the contest details if you want to, but upload your photo, upload your short video. That's your ticket for your chance to win the Traeger Ironwood XL Grill and the $500 gift card courtesy of Kroger. Go to dognation.com to do that today. Speaking of Kroger, before we're done, it will be a Kroger fresh take with Jake Fromm on the program today. Always love talking to a great former Georgia players. Jake Fromm is certainly an example of that, as is our next guest as well. A guy who's got his eye on everything going on with UGA, including some of the quarterbacks we just mentioned. And I'm sure also some interesting things to say about that 2024 schedule release for Georgia there too. A lot of ground to cover. Let's do it all right now. Great conversation with Terrence Edwards, the former Georgia wide receiver, here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Merriweather and Tharp today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Thursday is one of my favorite days of the week because it's our chance to talk to Terrence Edwards, the former Georgia wide receiver. Happy to be able to do that here right now. And, you know, Terrence, I was talking before you joined us, uh, you know, going on right now, the Elite 11 finals out there in California. Dylan Riola's there. Ryan Puglisi's there. I want to talk to you about both these quarterbacks. But let me start with Riola here because, as I said, I think there's some Georgia fans when they hear all the hype around Dylan Raiola. One, the one question they have is, and these are people who, by the way, want this to be true, but I think skepticism just sort of creeps in and they say, is this true? Is this real? Is the hype around this player real or is this all just sort of made up and contrived? So from that standpoint, when you hear nationally known names and guys like that kind of saying, hey, you know, quarterback living up to the hype, you know, looking the part of the number one uh, recruit. I think that provides some comfort for Georgia fans. To me, it's certainly nice to hear Dylan Riola showing out as much as he did yesterday. What's your reaction to that? And I guess, you know, some additional thoughts from you on exactly what Georgia's getting when it comes to Dylan Riola. Well, I think I mean, I've watched this film, and um, I'm happy that he's competing in these types of events. I know last year um, the Manny kid didn't participate in these types of events because, you know, if I'm a competitor – I want to go in and put myself against the best. If I think I'm the best, I want to go showcase it uh, against everyone. Also, I want to see what, what's else out there. What other players that I could take something from his game probably and put it into mine. Um, so I'm happy that um, we are hearing great things about Dylan Rayola and um, all the, the talk and all the uh, high praise is true. Uh, we know it, it is just a shorts and T-shirt event and it's not real football, but – you go out there with the pressure of being the number one player, the number one quarterback, it is a little pressure to go out there to live up to that, that expectation. By the way, speaking of real football, what do you think about the rumors that are out there? I'm sure you've heard them, that Ryla may play the realest football of all and may be transferred to the state of Georgia for his senior year here. Uh, that is certainly a different kind of evaluation, seeing him playing against maybe top competition in Georgia if it were to happen, as opposed to out there in Arizona. No, no disrespect to the uh, – uh, to, 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 to the folks out west there, but very different kind of uh, level of competition if Ryola were to come. Uh, obviously, right now, that's just in the rumor stages, but that is certainly one of those things that Georgia fans have been talking about now for quite some time. You know, I've heard this saying growing up that facts shouldn't be 
touted it as disrespect. And if you look at the numbers, <laughs> if you just look at the numbers that shows the percentage of NFL guys, percentage of guys that are five stars, the high rated guys, this George state of Georgia is one of those states that just produces the better football players. So it's no disrespect. It's just a fact that Georgia uh, has elite football in the state of Georgia. So with him coming to the state, possibly, uh, I know Georgia fans will be able to get to get to see him personally. I'm pretty sure there's some fans probably drive to go see him play wherever he lands, if it's true. Uh, and then, you know, people realize he has a younger brother yeah. as well that's supposed to be pretty good as well. So whatever school gets Dylan Raiola, if true, they're going to get a, a rising freshman, I think he is, uh, young quarterback that they can groom for the next four years. So they're getting – you know, they're getting two and one. They're getting a number one quarterback in the country and possibly uh, his little brother. How about Ryan Puglisi here? Because Puglisi's also at the Elite 11 finals this week, and it sounds like he had a pretty good day yesterday as well. And I guess my specific question here is, you know, maybe what you might have seen from Puglisi as a player, but also the mindset if you are a player knowing that, hey, I'm a good prospect. I'm good enough to be invited to a camp like this. I'm good enough to play well and perform well around other top quarterback prospects, but I'm not going to be able to get anywhere near the attention that Dylan Raiola is going to be able to get. How does a player kind of operate in that mindset of, you know, I've got maybe some people to prove wrong here, or I've got to be able to be comfortable knowing that, attentions going other places if you're ryan puglisi how do you operate around all of that right now oh i love i love it for ryan um he's going to show that he deserves to be talked about as one of the best quarterbacks he understands that his counterpart his teammate his future teammate is the number one quarterback in the nation and selflessly and from a competitive standpoint i want to go show people i'm just as good as him um in a positive way and for what I've read, I've seen pictures of them two hanging together, and that, that is a good thing. Both of them are actually recruiting on social media for adults. So it seems like they, they have a friendly rivalry that should be a healthy rivalry because they're going to make each other better. They're going to make the Georgia Bulldogs better. But he went there with the mindset of, I'm going to show everyone my skill set. I'm not backing away from this competition. And you've got to respect the guy mindset going into this event. Changing the subject here, Georgia also found out about its opponents of the 2024 season uh, yesterday, going to Texas that had been rumored, confirmed to be true, going to Alabama, much the same kind of thing. There was a little bit of a rumor mill that had popped up about that prior to the official announcement. What did you think of the uh, schedule, at least the names of the teams that Georgia would be playing? What did you think about that announcement yesterday? The only thing when I saw the schedule, and I probably uh, I saw the opponents, and once I looked at it again, it wasn't – the order, I believe, right. I tweeted that Georgia Tech has to be the last game. So once I looked at it, that wasn't the order of the game. And right, right. I don't care who we play. Georgia Tech just has to be the last game of the, of the year. Um, so whatever the order, I mean, the, it's a nice schedule, especially for away opponents. I mean, you get to go to Austin and you get to go to Alabama. So those are, are two opponents that I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulldogs play. I just hope they keep Georgia Tech the last game of the year. When you played, there obviously wasn't quite as much of the traveling to these unique places. You know, Georgia wasn't playing Notre Dame the way they did a couple of years ago. You know, the idea of playing Texas was kind of a foreign concept then, too. Certainly the idea of playing them in an SEC game would have been 
completely incomprehensible to most of us way back then uh when you were playing did you and your teammates ever wish you could go to these other stadiums obviously you're playing like an ea sports video game you can put georgia wherever you want to put them you can put yourself in whatever stadium you want to be in but in real life that just wasn't happening quite as much back then as it seems to happen now did you guys ever regret the fact that you weren't playing at a texas or at a notre dame or a michigan or somewhere like that did y'all talk about that much back then I don't think it was talked about much because it just wasn't happening. Uh, but once I was fortunate enough to go to the Notre Dame game, and that was a great experience. Then looking back, I, I wish we had opportunity to go play at a Michigan or Penn State or Notre Dame, just somewhere that just not normal. Uh, I think Alabama started a few years ago, Nick Saban, beginning of the Nick Saban team. They went out to play Southern Cal. Um, so those non-traditional teams, I, once in a while I would love to go and play because that trip was electric out in South Bend and I had a great time and I wasn't even a player sure and speaking of you know great trips you know if you make a list of the best Georgia wins of the 21st century obviously a lot of those have happened last couple of years with these national championships but if you go all the way back to the start of the 2000s I think one of the games that probably doesn't get as much attention as it should get was y'all going to Alabama and winning in 2002 this is of course pre-Nick Saban that was a huge win for Georgia. Everybody remembers the man enough stuff and all the kind of stuff that, you know, Pat Dye had said that week. But, I mean, how many, like, fond memories do you have of the fact that y'all went into Alabama and won in what was a very good game and what, you know, turned out to obviously be an SEC championship season, but you got a big win at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Well, what kind of memories do you have of that game? Oh, I have fond memories. I still talk to one of my best friends who I grew up with. Uh, he went to Alabama, so I give him, you know, I, I joke with him all the time about him not being not beating me in our time at his respective school. So that was probably a turning point of our season. Even though we lost to Florida, um, that game that showed us that we can go in hostile situations with our backs against the wall. And I don't think we was picked to win that game. I know Pat died, you know, gave us some bullet board material, and we and we that was truly spoke about is are you man enough? And I think the coaches used that. Uh, against them and that was a little disrespectful and we went in and played like we're going to show everyone that we could come to Alabama and win and I don't think a Georgia team have beaten Alabama team in Brian Denny in a long time before we did um so it was a game that I think kind of catapults us to have the type of year that we had yeah I think you're bringing up a good point and all these years later you know I hope people appreciate this about that that was that was what year th- year two for Mark Richt the thing that Rick brought to Georgia that I don't know that really existed prior to him getting there was this ability to go into tough environments and win the game for a long time Rick never lost in the road you know winning at Tennessee in 2001 winning at Alabama in 2002 at Auburn in 2002 that was a very big deal that clinched the east you know there that day but that was the mindset that Rick kind of brought to Georgia and the thing that enabled him to, to win that SEC championship but also earn the respect of Georgia fans so quickly is is that, that he took you guys on the road and y'all didn't flinch. You didn't blink. You went on the road and won all those tough games and really established that program by doing it away from Athens. And I'm glad to hear you bring that up because to me, that's kind of the hallmark of that era. Right, right. I mean, you think about the 2003 season, the year after I graduated, they went to Clemson that very first yeah. game and, and came out with a win in that type of environment. Very hot, muggy, and you just don't get a lot of wins down in Death Valley. So we, we won a lot of road games, and uh, Coach Rick prepared us. I mean, I can remember going to play Tennessee, and all we did was blast Rocky Top uh, on, the, on the loud system. And uh, 
he, he really prepared us to go in to win the game, man. We probably didn't win every game, but we was prepared going into those tough environments. No, I think that's right. And then I guess one more thing on the schedule here. You know, for, I think for a lot of Georgia fans, the thing that you're kind of getting used to here right now is there's no more SECs. That means you're not going to play Vanderbilt every year anymore. You're not going to play Missouri every year anymore. Probably we'll still play Kentucky every year, but 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 some of these teams you're not playing every year, which means you're playing the SEC West teams more frequently. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma added into that. Terrence, it sort of sounds like Georgia fans are going to now make peace with the idea that on a yearly basis, the SEC schedule is just sort of destined to get a little tougher here. As a you know guy who watches all this yourself, how do you make peace with the idea that moving forward, your week-to-week schedule before you even get to the non-conference stuff, which includes Clemson for 2024, but your week-to-week schedule here in the SEC is just going to be a little tougher? Right. That's, that's what you come to Georgia for. I think Kirby has recruited well enough that we're going to be able to sustain uh, our winning ways. Do I think we will go undefeated every year? No, I don't. There's going to be some times where we, we don't win, but it's not going to be from the lack of talent. It's not going to be the lack of preparation. Just some of us where that day that team might be just better enough that day. Uh, but I just think uh, in the long run, uh, there's going to be probably one or two lost SEC school winning a national championship because of the gauntlet that you're going to have to go through to get to the playoffs. And with the, the playoff expanding, uh, we're going to get an opportunity to continue to be in the playoffs, even though we may have a, a SEC team may have one or two losses. No, I think that's exactly right. Uh, Terrence, before we let you go here really quick, uh, how about the fact that we got another member into a club that you were able to join uh, You know, last year, the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame, great collection of former dogs on the way in there, including our buddy John Stinchcomb, who joins us each week, your former teammate there at Georgia. Uh, how nice was it for you to see a whole bunch of former dogs traveling a path that you traveled a year ago on their way to enshrinement of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame later on this fall? I think it was 22 Bulldogs this, I think so. in this class, so that that just lets you know the talent that we have had uh, to come to through um, the University of Georgia and just how talented the, the, the state of Georgia is. is guys like Quincy Carlin, DJ, make the second list. Like uh, Marcus Stroud makes the second list. Like that's how talented uh, the state of Georgia football is. And there's still a lot, a lot of great football players that have yet to be a inducted and i'm sure this just going to get even tougher as more names come up so i'm i'm honored to be in the first class and i can't wait to the enshrinement and i definitely would be there to support everyone oh that's really good stuff terrence and there's uh, uh by the way nice look there on video and all the guys going into this year's class the georgia high school football hall of fame uh terrence we appreciate everything you're doing remind folks about that terrence edwards wide receiver academy i know a lot of the high school guys are getting ready uh or in the midst of summer practice and things like that but those middle school guys they're out there working hard and of course you're out there doing that there as well so for people who want just you know frankly more of the great content that you kind of put out there on social media your opinions lots of stuff like that how can they so find you, so you online? So just to let everyone know how much I love this show, that I'm in the midst of having a, a throwing session oh, at wow. Milton against BT, and I snuck off to do this because I love doing this. I love I talking it. Georgia football. I but if you're looking, you, you are looking to, uh, especially middle schoolers right now, you can reach me at on Terrence Elwood's Wide Receiver Academy on, on all social media. Terrence, that's great stuff. I appreciate your time as always. We enjoy having you on this show each and every week for sure, and we'll look forward to doing it with you again very soon there as well. Thank you. 
take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Of course, Terrence Edwards not the only great guest that we have today. It's former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm here coming up in just a couple of minutes there as well. But prior to that, though, let's get ready to go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Let's get ready for a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. At least I hope you're getting ready for one of those very soon. Surely by now you've heard me talking about this enough that you're making your own plans to enjoy your own Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. Here's what I'll tell you. There's a lot of different choices you can make about what you should do, what you could do, and everything else. But for me, and I've told you this before, when I'm searching for my next Royal Caribbean cruise, I am starting everything with who is going to Perfect Day Coco Cade. And there's a lot of things that make a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation really fun. But for me, the thing that sets Royal Caribbean apart from anything else is that private island oasis right there in the Bahamas. It's unlike really anything I've ever experienced before. It is just so much fun. I, I love the idea when the ship sails there, there's a dock where it lands and when you get off the ship, you're like, you're there. There is no take a bus to here and do that to there or whatever else. You're just there. You're like in the midst of this perfect, perfect, perfect uh, private island getaway. You get the thrill side with water slides and, you know, tallest water slide in North America. Uh, you know, the wave pool and everything else that goes on with that. You've got the chill side, which I kind of like, where you're relaxing in the pool or you're sitting around by the, the, the ocean or, you know, whatever you want to do. You've got both sides of that at Perfect Day Coco Cay. It is an unbelievable experience. And so many of the Royal Caribbean cruise ship itineraries will take you to Perfect Day Coco Cay. And that's the thing to me that sets Royal Caribbean apart from anybody else that tries to exist there in that space. So trust my friend Justice Slater, great travel agent. She books my Royal Caribbean cruises. She can book yours too. So give her a call, 770-718-9147. 770-718-9147. Jessica also handles our Dog Nation cruises there as well. And there could be some news coming up on that very, very soon. We'll look forward to telling you more about that then. All right, so here's what we're going to do for our cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. I'm going to do some of this today, some of this tomorrow. Kind of splitting this into both winners and losers. I'm going to do kind of winners today and losers tomorrow because it takes a lot to kind of unpack all this. And this is potentially information overload of 16 teams playing eight games. <laughs> Eventually, you just have sort of a data drop that kind of becomes hard to process here. So let me give you a handful of winners here from the SEC schedule release yesterday. And then you have to start with Texas. You know, Texas to me, I don't know that anyone plays an easy schedule in the SEC next year, but Texas certainly got, uh, what was the word that Greg McElroy used a little earlier? Favorable, uh, manageable. Uh, the Texas schedule certainly appears more manageable than some. Home games against Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. You got a road game at Arkansas, road game at Texas A&M. And listen, the lottery is always going to be who gets a chance to play Vanderbilt. And ultimately who gets a chance to count Vanderbilt as a road game so in 2024 Texas also gets to play at Vanderbilt that is a gift just given the other place you could be going the SEC uh, the Oklahoma game is obviously a neutral so when you look at you know traditional rivals on the road like Arkansas and Texas A&M by the way Texas has a little bit of a habit of losing there in Fayetteville so keep that in mind but when you look at uh you know traditional rival road games Arkansas Texas A&M Another road game at Vanderbilt. Those are your only three true road games. You know, the fact that you get Georgia at home, although I'm not quite so sure that's going to matter. You know, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State. If you want to do records, none of those three teams had necessarily great records in 2022. It certainly looks like on paper that Texas got a more favorable schedule. Some, some of the teams in the SEC uh, probably did. You may have heard that already. Something, though, that you may not have heard, but I do think is certainly worth your attention is when it's all said and done, 
LSU schedule does not look that bad for the Tigers here. Now, keep this in mind. This is an LSU team that won the SEC West in 2021. I should say 2022. You've got Brian Kelly coming here for year two where there's a chance they take another step beyond that. They could be a legitimate playoff contender. Uh, They're clearly going to recruit well. This is an LSU team that could have the roster to take advantage of a schedule. And the 2024 schedule for LSU does not work out so bad. You keep Alabama, of course, but that's a home game. Oklahoma is also a home game, too. If LSU and Oklahoma played this year, LSU would be a pretty sizable favorite. We'll see how that changes over the course of the year. But that's Alabama and Oklahoma, both home games. You've also got Ole Miss and Vanderbilt as home games. Your road games are at Arkansas, at Florida, at South Carolina, at Texas A&M. Y'all, there is not a grizzly bear beast in this particular situation. Alabama, I guess. But LSU beat Alabama this past season. Playing them at home certainly works LSU's favor. If you're wanting to do early look-aheads to who actually fared very well with the 2024 schedule release, I keep my eye on LSU. It's the kind of team with a roster and a schedule potentially paired together that could make for some big news there in 2024. I'm also going to mention Auburn here for a moment. You know, Auburn, the thing that jumps off the page for a lot of people is, oh, they have to play at Georgia and at Alabama. But Auburn fans will tell you they've been doing that every year, every other year forever. Uh, you know, they are used to having those two road games every other year. That's not new for them. But Auburn historically has also played one of the toughest schedules in the entire country because it's the full SEC West plus Georgia. But in 2024, some traditional SEC West teams are dropping off the Auburn schedule. For instance, Auburn's not playing LSU. Now, think about how many, for those of us who are like, it's true like died in the wool sec homers think about going back to like the 1980s how many big auburn lsu games there have been but there won't be an auburn lsu game in 19 and in, in, in 2024 that game's just going away they're also not playing either Ole miss or mississippi state which is kind of interesting i guess in its own right there as well but look at their schedule you know while you're going to georgia and alabama you may lose both those games but could you beat kentucky on the road of course you could could you beat missouri on the road of course you could your home games are arkansas oklahoma texas a&m vanderbilt that's not a terrible schedule for Auburn. Could they go nine and three? Could they go ten and two in what would be year two for uh, Hugh Freeze? I think it's a possibility. I, I, th- I think it is. Obviously, a lot of that's going to depend on transfer portal and recruiting and things like that. And by the way, Auburn may be poised to win a recruiting battle here today. Honestly, compels you to admit. But uh, but nonetheless, that is not a really bad schedule. I don't think. Uh, and so I'll, I'll leave that for right now. To me, those are three kind of knee-jerk reaction winners from the SEC schedule stuff. I'm going to give you Texas. I'd watch out for LSU very, very closely. I think the LSU schedule is kind of flying under the radar. And a team that probably did you know a little better yesterday than you might have noticed, I'd say Auburn's kind of in that group there too. I think those three teams uh, you know, certainly were dealt a more manageable hand than a handful of other SEC teams probably were. If I was going to mention another one, I might mention South Carolina. Now, you know, on the one hand, you know, you got tough road games at Alabama, at Oklahoma. Uh, that's not going to be easy. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, you keep Vanderbilt as a road game. You keep Kentucky as a road game. Uh, you know, you do have LSU as a home game. But then beyond that, you got Ole Miss, Missouri, Texas A&M. All those games sort of feel winnable as well. So if you force me to give you a fourth winner, I might slightly give you – I might slightly give you uh, South Carolina there. Uh, getting rid of Georgia, of course, uh, that's good news for them. Got to go to Alabama. 
But, you know, it's like what you do around games like that that matters. And other than Alabama on the road, Oklahoma on the road maybe, uh, which, by the way, would be Shane Beamer going back to, uh, to Norman, Oklahoma. I'd say that's a pretty manageable schedule for the most part for South Carolina if you're thinking about them to having a chance to take another step in the Shane Beamer era. We will make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And without further ado, we'll dive right into Jake Fromm here as a part of a Kroger Fresh Take. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And here on Dog Nation Daily, time for our Kroger Fresh Take as we bring on the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm. We're obviously recording this on a Wednesday. You're hearing it. And by the time folks hear this, they will know what Georgia's 2024 schedule officially looks like. Right now, it's all just sort of rumor and innuendo. And Jake, there's a lot of that kind of flying around right now. I know you're driving right now, so maybe you haven't had a chance to see too much of this, but there's chatter out there that Georgia may play at Texas in 2024, may play at Alabama in 2024. We're taking these rumors pretty seriously here at the moment. Uh, what do you think about the idea that this brand new SEC schedule with two new teams coming to the league, it's going to kind of start for a bang here with Georgia. Seems like UGA is right in the middle of all this here right now. Hey, Brandon, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is uh, that's a, a pretty impressive uh, schedule. Uh, two very tough opponents, especially not only play them, but play them both at their places. So um, that'll be new territory uh, for the dogs going into Texas. Um, but, uh, you know, not too long ago, they went to Alabama uh, and played them in a really, really tough game, uh, one that they arguably should have came away with. So um, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I, I think they're, uh, they're rebuilding the right way. Um, I think they're doing things right. And uh, I think everything's set up to be a really good season, but they're going to definitely be put to the test uh, this season for sure. Am I right about this, if I'm remembering correctly as well? You never played Alabama during the regular season, right? 9-2017, 9-2018, 9-2019. Obviously played them a couple times in the postseason, of course. But And this is sort of the idea, I think, behind the SEC schedules going forward is the idea that you know Georgia shouldn't go an entire quarterback's career without playing in the regular season that just shouldn't happen and maybe you can make the case well georgia shouldn't be going back to alabama after having also been there in 2020 if that is indeed what it turns out to be but the idea that a quarterback such as yourself could kind of come to georgia have a successful career and yet never play alabama during the regular season that's just sort of a weirdness that i think the sec kind of wants to avoid in the future don't you get the same sense there I think so. I mean, I think they want to uh, to have teams be able to bounce around uh, and travel a little bit. Um, you know, especially for us teams, you know, on, on the East Coast to you know be able to go out west. You know, maybe play out in Alabama, play out at Texas A and M, um, and places like that too. And you know, when you throw Texas and Oklahoma in the mix, uh, I mean, that even scrambles it up a little bit more. So. Um, yeah, we're going to see kind of what it all looks like, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun and pretty exciting to see and watch. I made the point that it almost seems like to me Georgia fans are as excited about the idea of going to Texas as they would be about Texas coming here. And you know, it almost stands to reason you'd like to have the big team, or at least the big brand, coming into your stadium. But my gosh, Jake, these Georgia fans love traveling so much that I think they like the idea of going out to Austin as much, if not more so, than they would you know Texas kind of coming here, which brings to mind your first start at Notre Dame uh, in 2017. I realize you had a lot to do to get ready for that game and the idea that you were going to start your first ever college game after having played a lot the previous week against Appalachian State. But how will 
aware of were you and your teammates of just how many Georgia fans had kind of made that trip to Chicago and then to South Bend? Did y'all kind of have a good idea that this was going to be a true Georgia fan takeover, Dog Nation invasion type thing? Or did that only become apparent once the game began? How much did y'all know about what was happening kind of around that Notre Dame game in 2017? Yeah, so I think looking back at that, uh, that was definitely a, uh, I would say, a turning point kind of in Dog Nation really taking ownership of, of really traveling, enjoying the experience. Uh, and, and going out uh, and making uh, a big-time away game feel like a home game. You know, throughout the week we heard rumors, hey, we're going to travel well, we're going to travel well. Um, but it wasn't until, until kickoff when you started looking around the stadium and started really realizing, man, there is a lot of red here in the stadium. Um, you know, stuff like that happens. You know, when we go play Vanderbilt, you know, taking over the stadium there. Um, but it's a completely different situation uh, and experience when you go to a place like Notre Dame you know, and hopefully like a place like Texas and completely take over a stadium uh, and make an away game feel like a neutral site game and even a home game. So I think that's a big deal. I really hope they take ownership of it uh, and have a good time doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because Georgia had only been 8-5 and the previous year. It's it's one thing if Georgia was like an obvious national championship team traveling to Notre Dame when you would expect to take, you know, a whole bunch of fans with you. But Georgia had only won eight games the previous year. Notre Dame had only won four. It's not like there was – on paper necessarily this huge game I think it just sort of speaks to the hunger that Georgia fans had about you know the excitement about Kirby Smart and some of you guys who were freshmen the excitement about kind of this new crop of players and the energy about what Georgia football could be that's sort of what that Notre Dame game was in 2017 and I think since then Jake a lot of programs have tried to recreate that magic of this is how big our fan base shows up when we go on one of these games on the road. I know Kirby's going to give his pitch, you know, when it kind of comes closer to that time. I know he doesn't want to get too far ahead. Uh, you know, but my challenge is, hey, fan base, don't get too comfortable. Don't get comfortable with the winning. Um, hey, enjoy it while we're in the midst of it. Um, and, and show up and show out at a place like that because uh, they need you um, and take advantage of it. I want to ask you about a different subject here coming up in uh, just a moment. Prior to that, let me remind folks, this is our Kroger Fresh Take with Jake Fromm here today on Dog Nation Daily, uh, presented by Kroger. I should say on Dog Nation Daily, of course, our Kroger Fresh Take uh, with Jake Fromm, of course. And as you're getting ready for all your great summer grilling needs, Kroger's got you covered on all of that right now. Food to go on the grill. You want the plates, the napkins. You're heading towards Father's Day, getting all kinds of great decorations for that. Or you think about the 4th of July. Whatever you need to make this uh, summer grilling season great for you. Dogs, burgers, ribs, steaks, everything else between. You want some healthy sides some things like that. Kroger's got that for you there as well. Just stop by in-store, do all of your shopping, and get ready for a great summer grilling season right there with our friends at Kroger. Jake, I want to ask you about a Georgia player here before we stop this conversation here today. I've seen some interesting buzz around Lad McConkie, the Georgia wide receiver thus far. I saw where Matt Miller, one of the ESPN NFL draft analysts, has kind of called McConkey a little bit of a sleeper for next year's NFL draft. Obviously, McConkey's already had a great year at Georgia, career at Georgia, big productive year a year ago, almost 800 yards receiving. How impressed have you been with the way in which McConkey has kind of made himself into a really valuable wide receiver target here at Georgia? And how much better do you think he could be here in 2023? Hey, look, I am a huge fan of Vlad McConkey. I mean, he's a he's a tough guy. He's reliable. Um, great hands, uh, and you just you know what you're going to get. He, he, he creates the comfort level as a quarterback um, with that connection. I mean, you just you just know 
hey, man, when I need a guy, this guy's going to get open, and he's going to make a play for me. Um, but I, I, I'm a huge fan of Ladd. And I, honestly, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, you know, obviously he's got to go out and have a great season this year. Um, but looking into the future, I mean, if, if Ladd's a guy who can go and put up a good 40 time, I mean, there's no telling where he could go and what his NFL career could look like. So, um, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead, um, but we really want to uh, hope uh, and we should expect a big season from Ladd McConkie. Yeah, I think for me the thing about McConkie has always been just how different he is athletically from what I think people kind of assume that he would be. You know, his ability to high point the football, he's always had a much better vertical leap than I think people realize. Obviously, the kind of lateral quickness where you kind of make somebody miss in a short space, he's had that. We've also seen him run away from people at times there as well. That McConkie's not just one of these guys who's sort of like the plucky underdog type guy who was maybe counted out as a recruit. This is also a guy who's bringing a level of athleticism to the table that I don't think oftentimes a lot of people are aware of, of how much of a punch he's able to pack athletically. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Lad, you know, if I'm going to kind of throw a label on him, he, he's sneaky. You know, when you when a defensive back lines up uh, across from Lad McConkie, he, you know, he's not super intimidated. I mean, he's not a, not a huge guy. You know, maybe not going to super scare you with, with his speed, but – uh, he's super quick, in and out of breaks. Um, he's going to be in the right spot at the right time, and he's going to, you know, be a great route runner too. So, um, yeah, he kind of lull you to sleep, and then, man, just, just just when you thought you had him under your wraps, all of a sudden he breaks, catches the ball, and he's in the end zone. Jake, really good stuff. We appreciate you being here as part of our Kroger Fresh Take here today. Always love your insight here on the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, hope to uh, be able to do this with you again very soon there as well. And uh, once again, thank you for your time. I love having Jake Fromm on this show because, like, you, you know, you talk about some of the schedule stuff and things like that, and obviously we had to sort of do that, you know, kind of in the sort of precursor knowledge yesterday, uh, sort of presuming that Georgia would be playing at Texas and, and Alabama, which turned out to be true. But then you could, like, pivot right to that. Hey, tell me about Lad McConkie, and Jake just dives right into it. And I kind of approach some of these interviews the same way I do uh, sometimes some of the press conference stuff. Anytime there's no hesitation in an answer, I'm always going to lean in a little bit more closely because that's a guy that's really thought about what he had to say. And you listen to Jake Fromm when you bring up Lad McConkie, Jake just leaps right into that answer of, this is clearly a guy that I think a quarterback would probably enjoy throwing to. And McConkie obviously sets up to have a really good season here this year. I invite you to check out what Connor Riley also recently wrote about Lad there at dognation.com, looking at some of the NFL draft type that McConkie's already starting, starting to generate. So well, good stuff from Jake Fromm. We love having you here as part of our Kroger Fresh Day. By the way, golden shoe to give out today, Seth Rhodes. <laughs> I think this is funny. Let me read this to you. He says, there's not much better than wearing my Georgia gear in the Columbus, Ohio airport, hearing a loud go dogs as I walk. He says, I am being careful here to, quote, not target <laughs> any sensitive Buckeyes. I walked my rental car. Obviously, uh, Ohio State fans still whining about what they think should have been a targeting call against Javon Bullard. Georgia fans know it correctly to be just good football, but Ohio State fans wouldn't know it that if they saw it. But nonetheless, hashtag go for three in 23, Seth Rhodes says. And Seth, we appreciate that. Very good stuff from you, indeed. We'll give you a golden shoe for sharing the good news about the dogs up there in Columbus, Ohio. And by the way, lousy stinking gators, they will be on the Georgia schedule in both 2023, 2024, and every year moving forward. And that seems like, for now, a pretty easy win for these dogs, including, once again, 135 days from right now. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We will see all of you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. 
We will look forward to talking to you then.